Our record of three matches unbeaten came to an end this past weekend to title contenders Chelsea. We get reaction from manager Mark Skinner and Emma Follis following the defeat, as well as previewing this weekend's FA Cup fifth round match with Manchester City. Welcome everyone to Great Since 68, the only dedicated Birmingham City Ladies podcast. It is episode 21. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined as always by Chris Pugh. Chris, how are you this week? Okay, thank you Craig. Licking my wounds over a bad football weekend, but not too bad. Yeah, you've had it twice as bad as me, I guess. So. Um... Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll get straight into it. We begin this week's show by looking back at Saturday's 2-0 home defeat to Chelsea. Goals from Frank Kirby and Jisoo Yun gave the visitors their seventh win of the season. I spoke to manager Mark Skinner following the game and he believes Chelsea didn't have to be at their best to beat us. I don't think they had to get out of second gear if I'm being honest. The one thing I'd say is we were disappointed and you you can't come off the pitch disappointed that you haven't performed on the ball if you want to get something out against Chelsea and Man City. You know, Chelsea are where they are because they pay to be where they are. In comparison, it's ridiculous that they come and play against Birmingham because of what they invest into what we can invest in. Like it's, it's our club do everything. I'm really, really proud of our club, but we've got to do it a different way. So it takes time. We've got to build players. They can just get them ready-made. So I'm just frustrated. Not with the people, not not the players' personalities, but the performance. On the ball, I think Chelsea are there for the taking today because I thought that we, we could have played around them much easier than we did, but you've got to have the confidence to go with that. And it's not confidence as in a big team confidence, it's individual being able to absorb the ball under pressure and we'll just keep working that because by the time I'm done, this team will play around every team in this league and that's, that's the burning ambition I've got. Ellen White was primarily used up front today. Um, she had a few half chances, but obviously it was tough for her up front on her own. You say on her own, but she had two tens. So she had two players behind her. So it's how they support and how they get on the ball. So yes, her support would have come from behind, but you hold the ball up and then wait for people to get round you. And the chances you're taking, although they're half chances, you, you've got to take them. If you're going to get three or four chances in the game maximum, you've got to take them. I know that Ellen will be one of those people that's like, I need to take these chances if I get them. That's what we're trying to build here. You can give all the excuses in the world, but if you want to beat teams like Chelsea against with all the things they have, you can't make excuses. And I won't let these girls make excuses. That's not what I'm about. So for us, we have to make sure if you want to beat a Chelsea, you've got to perform better than we did today. Emma Follis, I thought, was, was very good today. I thought that she's since she's got herself a little bit fitter and her mentality's changed, she's... she's been a, a good performer for us so I'm hoping big things for her going forwards. She had a good game against Reading a former club last week and obviously she had some more minutes today it's, is it just about getting her fitness back up to what it was before she got injured obviously? Well you know what it was I think it was getting her head right into the into what we've asked her to do and she's done that she's turned it round and, and fair play to the last two weeks she's been she's been very good and Emma can be one of the best in the league 100% but she's got to make sure she concentrates and keeps working hard for it if she does that she'll be one of the very best. Uh, looking forward to next weekend, obviously Manchester City in the uh, FA Cup fifth round. Last time we got to the final, obviously it's going to be a big game. You've got Man City again three days later. Is there a game you're going to prioritise either one? No. Nope. I'll go to try and win both games, as I always do. Um, look, it's difficult. Man City are a good team. Again, a team that can buy the people that they want. But you can't have excuses. You've got to find ways to beat them. So we'll hopefully find a way to beat them. They've not been here for a while, so let's let's hope that home advantage will do us well. But look, it's going to be a tough ass. They've got good players, but I believe in our team. To They've got to show a reaction to that because they ain't happy with what they've done today. So they better show a reaction and hopefully it's against Man City. 
So, Chris, looking back at what Mark says, obviously, he, we obviously expected a tough game, but it was um, we just never really got going. And uh, that's probably credit to Chelsea more so than anything else. Yeah, I think I think Mark's right in, in what he said about they didn't have to get out of first gear and and, and really we, we didn't trouble them as much as as much as we would have liked and as much as we know you know, if we're at our best that we could have done. Um obviously you can hear his frustration coming through. I think that is the disappointment that, you know, pe- people look at look at that game and say, Oh, it's Chelsea, so you know, we weren't anything anyway. But I think I think what Mark's trying to do, which is you know, which is a, a valiant thing to do, you know, he wants to challenge that. He wants to, you know, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want people to turn around and say, well, you know, we, we won three on the bounce and then we lost to Chelsea, so it's okay. You know, he, he he wants us to be up there with these teams, and he wants us to be, he wants us to be challenging, beating Chelsea, and you know, not just rolling over and accepting that Chelsea and Man City are going to beat us. Um, and you can hear that in his voice. That's the major disappointment, really. That we we didn't we didn't test them as much as as much as we know we could do. Um, yeah, I think a few of the players just had weren't at their best, um, and it made it pretty pretty simple for Chelsea in the end. Yeah, as you say, we didn't really test them. We only had three shots in the entire game, two of which were on target. Meanwhile, Chelsea had seventeen shots with six on target, and that just shows that we just didn't really get the ball consistently in the final third enough for Ellen White and the players backing her up to get enough shots on goal. Ellen had a few herself, Emma Follis had one, but it, we just never really tested uh, Lindall and goal. Yeah, I think it's the decision-making. Chelsea's front line is experienced and, and it's full of quality, but it, but it's also full of, you know, you know that tactical brain, you know, where, where you pick your right moment to play a pass or... Or you pick a moment to, to go past someone, and and Crystal Dunn was very good. You know, you know what Frank Kirby. You know, she only needs one chance and she scored. Uh, Ramona Backman on the other side as well. So they've got players that that know when to play a pass and know when to take take the ball on and drive it forward. Um, you know, a, a couple of times we 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 got the ball in the middle and couldn't quite make the most of it. And I think that that's what disappointed us more than anything, really. Just that de- decision-making when we're on the ball. You, know, you need to keep the ball a lot better against a side like Chelsea, and, and we couldn't quite do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, the first goal fell to Fran Kirby after a somewhat fortuitous series of deflections. Uh, Crystal Dunn was on the left side. She cut inside off Jess Carter, but her tamed... It looked like a shot-slash-pass towards Fran Kirby. It bounced off Megan Sargent onto Carter, and then it fell to Kirby, obviously, and she's not going to miss from six yards, Chris. No, she's not. Um, and like you say... <laughs> You can you can plan for everything against the likes of Chelsea and Man City, but Megan's gone to make the clearance and it bounces off Jess and it couldn't have fell any nicer for Kirby. But as you say, when she's in that position, one on one with the keeper, it, it's very rare that that she's gonna she's gonna miss. Um, Anne made a, quite a few very very good saves in the game. She she was strong backing backing goal again. Her first home game back, she couldn't do anything with um with either goal really. But the first one, what did have that. That stroke of fortune, which which you need if you're going to beat the Chelsea's. Yeah, as you say, Anne had another good game after coming back against Reading. Uh, she made a good a collection of good saves again, as you say. She earned the Sponsors Player of the Match award, and she's probably going to with um, no one really having any standout performances besides Anne in that game. And um, yeah, she, she she's really shown just the class she's got coming back. And obviously, as we said last week, it's just great to see her back. Yeah, it is. It's fun, you know the 
a story is a, a really inspirational one. But you know, now she is back. You, you sort of your mind focuses back on her footballing ability, you know, and and she's shown it in, in, in spades the last two weeks since she's been back. A couple of good saves on Saturday, um, and as you say, when you haven't got a lot of the ball, it's very difficult to very difficult to impose yourself and and make yourself stand out in the game against Chelsea. So. You know, her her getting man of the match was was probably because of that, yeah. After the first goal, I thought Jisoo Yun looked a threat throughout the first half for Chelsea. She started moves with some pinpoint passes and even won the ball high up the pitch. I think it was off Keris Harrop uh, to start another attack. Ellen White had a shot on target. She didn't really test the keeper, though, after a strong run from Emma Follis. Paige Williams, she came on um, after half-time, Chris, and I, I think she's had a few games out now. Um, that, if that's due to selection or injury, I don't know. But she seemed a bit off the pace, and that's probably due to not having that game time recently. What did you think? Yeah, possibly. Um, and, and also, again, thrown in at the deep end, really, coming back in when you're already 1-0 down against Chelsea and trying to make things happen to get back into the game. Um, you know, she had back... Backman up against her as well, you know, a, a world class international player. So it was a difficult, uh, a difficult route back into the game for her, I suppose. Um, but it, you know, it's good to see her back, and hopefully, you know, if she gets more game time and more regular slots at left back. Then, then she'll start get getting forward a bit more, the, the confidence to bomb forward and get crosses in like like we know she can. Yeah, she started the season really well, and it's obviously. Unfortunate for her that the defence found uh, their form, really, when she was out of the side with Karis Harrop playing yes. at left-back. and Yeah, of course. She's going to f- possibly find it hard to get back in that team, obviously, if Megan uh, is fit for Sunday, given that she went off with a dead leg in the match. But uh, her and Aoife Mannion in the centre of the defence has really um, shone since they started playing um, as a two in the middle. So it's going to be interesting to see if Paige can get back in. But if she does, no doubt she's going to improve on that performance in Chelsea. But as you say, it was being thrown right in the deep end. She's playing one of the best sides in the division and it's it's just good she's getting back on the pitch, really. Thinking about it, probably the best way to get her in the side is if we played three at the back um, and she played left wing back. You know, you, you could move Keris into into one of the three at the back alongside Megan and Aoife. That's certainly an option there. Um, but obviously, if we're playing four at the back, like you say, the way Megan and Aoife have played, you're not going to displace those two and Keris, Keris at left back. So it's difficult to to get Paige into the team with with, with a back four. Um, I think a back five she's certainly the best option at left wing back. So that's that might be a way to get her back into the side if if we if Mark starts to to jig around with the formation and setup. Yeah, we'll certainly see how it plays out when we play Manchester City on Sunday. And then the second goal arrived. Crystal Dunn once again was involved in the build-up. She turned Aoife Mannion on the left-hand side and pulled the ball back across to Jisoo Yun, who expertly killed the ball into the top corner. It was um, She didn't really get closed down that well, but it was a fantastic strike nonetheless, Chris. It was a little bit of a counter-attack. Um, and like you say, Dunn, Dunn has used her pace and trickery down the left, cut it back, uh, and G from just outside the box has, has placed it perfectly in her hands. Anne's leapt up at full stretch, you know, and it's going to take some impressive to beat Anne, Anne Berger from from outside the box, and that that was impressive. It was a you know postage stamp finish from someone who probably certainly in the top three for me players of the WSL era. You know, she's shown year after year her her technical ability, her confidence on the ball. It's you know sometimes it's it, 
frustrating to watch because your team aren't having the ball, but it's sometimes it's quite joyful to watch someone so good play like that. And sometimes I don't think she gets the plaudits she deserves, really, for how much she is focal to what Chelsea do. And obviously Frank Kirby gets the headlines because she's the goal scorer, but Jisoo Yun is such an important part of the Chelsea team. Yeah, she is. Um, you know, and I think Drew, Drew Spence started on, on Saturday, but then Marin Mielda come on and, you know, it's your job doesn't get any easier. I think I think probably those two, Mielda and, and Giso, uh, are probably the, the the pivotal players for Chelsea. You know, if, if those two were missing from Chelsea, I don't think they'd be the same side. Obviously, they'll still carry a threat with the players they've got, but I think fundamentally to the way they play, those two are very, very important. Towards the end, it looked like our defensive shape, something that we've been uh, doing well in the last few games. It was... Uh... It was being a bit pulled apart a bit, Chris. Do you think that was because of Chelsea's class, or was it something else? Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. We've stood up to a number of a number of attacks over the last few weeks. You know, a, a bit of an aerial bombardment against Reading, and you know, Br- Bristol and Yeovil coming as well, and and keeping a clean sheet against them. But it's that step up against Chelsea, and and like I said, you know, we've mentioned that the players that they've. They've got to, at their disposal, and you know they're very good technicians, and and sometimes it's difficult. But we're going to have to we're going to have to step it up again on, on on Sunday and the following Wednesday for for another tough couple of tasks. Yes, another couple of tough tasks coming up, as you say. I also spoke to midfielder Emma Follis following the game and hear her thoughts on the match. Not the result you would have wanted, Emma, obviously, but uh, what were your thoughts on the game overall today? Um, I thought it was quite tough. I think we had to graph quite a lot. Um, we had some good shape and I think we just need to sort of, um, expand on that and we need to sort of learn to break out a bit better. Um, I think we held them quite well. It was just a silly goal at the first, so if we went in 0-0 at half-time, I think it might have been a different game, but um, we can't be too disappointed with our performance. Um, yeah, we'll just have to go into the next one. Against a team of Chelsea's quality, it's going to obviously be difficult. To, chances are limited today. Do you think there's anything more we could have done? It, it, it seemed quite hard from the start that we were going to be a, in for a tough test today. Um, I think Chelsea are the best team in this league. I think they keep the ball better than anybody else. Um, so it was sort of trying to limit that, really. I think we did. We sort of we tried to get them down the, the sides a little bit more and, and limit play through G and, and Drew Spence. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those one of those days. It didn't quite come out for us. I think a couple of them offside that we had, we were through on goal. I think I had a shot down in the first half that could have been different. So I think there were, we had a few chances, but obviously we want to create more next time. Last week you got to play against your former club, Reading. How how big of a game was that going back to your team that you played previously? Yeah, it's always nice to play against the team you've come from, especially against the win as well. So um, yeah, it was it was nice to uh, play against them and get the result. Been out for a, a long time. It obviously just great to be back, back, back playing football again. Um, how, um, how have you enjoyed time at Birmingham so far? It's, yeah, it's really good. It's, it's taken me a while to sort of get back fit and find my sharpness and my match sharpness again. I feel like I'm finally sort of getting into the swing of things now. It's been quite a long time coming, but I can only be up from here. And uh, finally, is there a, f- a fact about you that people not, might not know about you? Uh, I'm a pescatarian, maybe. I don't think too interesting. Thanks to Emma and Mark for speaking to us. Do you think you could be a pescatarian, Chris? It's a vegetarian lifestyle, but you're, you're still allowed to eat some fish. Could you give up meat? <laughs> I don't think I could, Craig. Uh, you know, it's a difficult one. Um, Nando's off the market, wouldn't it? So, Absolutely. yeah, it's a difficult one, that. <laughs> We're going to move now into Lone Watch, and it was a, another great week for Coral Jade Haynes. Tottenham Hotspur were taking on Oxford United, and she got a goal. She reacted quickest to a penalty save and scored the rebound. She also tried her luck with a few shots and free kicks throughout the match. 
Chloe Chivers scored in the first half for Oxford in that one. A lovely header on the run. Rhea Vies with the winner for Spurs. A ball played across the corridor of uncertainty and it was a tapping at the back post. Coral was named player of the match in that one. Chris, you saw the highlights. What did you think of her performance? Yeah, very good. Very impressive. Um, you know, it's it's the Coral I've, I've come to expect, really. You know, watching her develop and grow up. That confidence on the ball, the ability to, to drive forward and, and play people in. And, you know, she showed a lot of that. I think she was playing a, a bit of a deeper role in midfield. And her link up with the likes of Sarah Wiltshire, who, who looked like she had another excellent game as well, will be a real threat for Spurs. Um, you know, she, she got her goal, like you say, off the mark quickest, you know, quickest to react to the penalty, um, getting in and slotting it away for the equaliser. But yeah, I was impressed with her, you know, her distribution looked good. And, and like I say, her, just her getting game time, it, it's going to give her the confidence to, to keep playing well and, you know, and, and develop her game even further. Absolutely, and she's obviously a very attack-minded player, and she's really shown that even though she's started in a deeper position. She's really trying to take shots on and trying to push uh, Spurs forward. And like you say, it, it is that. I think it's, you know, for Spurs, it's brilliant to have her in midfield. You know, she can get herself around the pitch, and, and when she's on the ball, she wants to get forward. She wants to she wants to find the attacking pass, and to have her sitting in that midfield and, and dictating play is a real boost to them. Absolutely, and there was another player for Birmingham on loan who was playing this week, and that was Sophie Bagley for Bristol City. They hosted Sunderland and lost 2-1 in that one. The first goal was for Bridget Galloway, the informed striker for Sunderland at the moment. She played, as we mentioned in the previous game, Chris, There was a, the ball was played into the, uh, the corridor of uncertainty, the place that no keeper wants to go for. Sophie obviously stayed on a line, and the striker plays into the bomb corner. It was a good ball and it's put into that area where defenders nor keepers want to go for it. And, and Galloway, who who has been mentioned in, on this show by Katie before, the Sunderland fan, you know, she's she's someone that's come through and has really hit the headlines early on. You know, she's scoring goals and, and playing a real big part in Sunderland's good season so far. Um, but like I say, I think, I think the ball has made the goal really, yeah. And a near post header for Bristol got a goal back. It was Lauren Hemp who's really come into form herself for Bristol this season. Lucy Staniforth with a free kick from the right later on played it into the middle and it caused chaos in the Bristol defence. We've spoken about it, Chris. Obviously, the Bristol defence at times look quite dangerous and Sophie Bagley's obviously have to work really hard to concentrate in these sort of games. And the ball obviously lands to a Bristol-born Rachel Pittman who added insult to injury and turned it and fired it past Sophie Bagley. I think really that's what Sophie's got to look at. You know, if she is in front of uh, an iffy defence, which which Bristol look like they've got this season, um, you know, she's got to take take control and command them a little bit better and be a little bit braver, a little bit louder. Um, you know, like you say, it was a bit of pinball in there um, and Pittman's turned it home in the end. Um, you know, but... It's a difficult one because if Sophie does come back, we've got a pretty good defence and I think our defence will help her grow as well. Yeah, but she's she's getting valuable experience, first team football in the WSL, down at Bristol. Uh, obviously not keeping as many clean sheets as I'm sure she would have liked so far, but hopefully for them, you know, things turn around in the second half of the season. 
We'll move on to the Manchester City preview now. It's the fifth round of the FA Cup, the cup that everyone wants to win here in England. It's going to be a tough one, Chris, but obviously potential injury news. We've obviously got Karen Bardsley's expected to be out. She's expected to be out at least a couple more weeks. Uh, Steph Houghton could feature. She has. They haven't really mentioned if she's going to be back or not, so we can presume that she might be if they're going to keep it quiet. Uh, for our team, Megan Sargent, as we mentioned earlier, she got a dead leg against Chelsea after colliding with Anne-Catherine Berger, but is expected to be back in that game. Uh, Rachel Williams missed the Chelsea game, so she could be a doubt for that one some Sunday, Chris. Obviously, we don't know the extent of it, but um, you know it's unlike Rachel to be out with, with injury. She wants to play every game, every minute of every game, so the fact that she's missed the Chelsea game would, would suggest that it's... You know, it must be something pretty serious, and I, I mean, I'd be surprised to see her in the in the City game. You know, if she if she's out for the Chelsea game, then then it would suggest that it's not just a a one week thing, possibly. Um, you know, but like you say, Megan come off. Hopefully, she'll be back because that's that's fundamental to our our back line as well. Orton's a tricky one. I saw her Instagram. You know, she's getting treatment, and um, I'm sure they'll want her back in in the side for a game like this. Um, I think Jill Scott was missing on on the weekend as well, but that was just illness, so I'd expect her to be back as well. Yeah, as you say, hopefully um, Megan Sargent and Rachel are back, but you never know, and they're gonna. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see as we go up to the game on Sunday. Yeah. In terms of threats for Manchester City, you could probably take the pick of anyone on the starting <laughs> Nine eleven, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but obviously, Izzy Christensen is their top goal scorer this season, as Phil Neville now knows. Um, <laughs> eleven got. 11 goals in 16 matches for her. But another threat is obviously Nikita Paris, who's probably arguably having her best season for Man City in her career so far. She's got eight goals in 15 matches and is arguably in the most informed player in the league right now. Yeah, she. I, I think I think threat-wise, you know, attacking-wise, yeah, if she gets the ball, she's, you know, she's liable to do anything. You know, we've played them already a couple of times this season and I think the league game, Paris was was lively. Claire Elmsley was dangerous as well. Um, and like you say, their whole team, you, you, you could name every one of them and say that they, they bring a threat to the game, which they do. Um, I think Izzy can control a game. She's very good at that. Uh, yeah, but attacking-wise, I think it'll be you know Paris um, and Nadia Nadim, of course, as well, who they've brought in uh, in January. So there, there are plenty of threats just like they were against Chelsea. We've got to find a way to stand up to it and be a threat ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And another one to look out for in the Manchester City side is obviously Ellie Roebuck, who will likely start in goal. I'm still unsure, Chris, if teams are really testing her enough. She's undoubtedly a very good player, but she's still young and it seems games go by without her really having anything to do. I I think set pieces are the key. She's quite clearly a very, very good shot stopper. Uh, You know, she displayed that. When she come off the bench against Chelsea, she made two or three good saves. One, one exceptional save with her legs, you know, spread herself really well. Um, but set pieces, you know, I, I think I'll be looking at that and saying, if we if we can get free kicks or corners in and around the box and and put the ball on her and and you know just test her and see see how she deals with it. Obviously, Man City are a, are a strong physical side, so you know their, their defence and midfield will help her out big time. But you know, if you can put crosses. On top of her and, and get Ellen White to challenge in, um, you know, and get players in and around the box, win the second balls, and that that might be a way to go around it. Yeah, we'll have to see if that um, comes off, Chris. We've obviously got Hayley Ladd, we've got Paige Williams, we've got Harris Harab, who can all whip in a ball from the from a set piece. 
and we've got players again like Keris Alp. She can't she can't get on the end of her own cross <laughs> from the corner. She can do her best to, but uh, we've all, we've got Aoife Mannion. We've got we've got good head headers of the ball, and obviously as as you say, we can try and capitalise on that from set pieces. Uh, Manchester City have won three of their last five meetings between the sides. But Birmingham did look the better side for the majority of the league game earlier this season, before the red card for Keris Harrop. City have scored 31 times in the league this season, only drawing a blank in a 0-0 draw with Chelsea. City are going to be a threat going forward, Chris, but um, we've proved that we can score goals against Man City earlier in the season, so we've got to be optimistic despite the defeat to Chelsea. Yeah, that, that's what I'd like to see, you know, different from the Chelsea game, really. You know, a little bit more belief, a little bit more attacking intent, you know, and... And, and confidence in the players driving forward and, and getting Man City on the back foot a little bit. We, we, you know, we're strong at home. Um, you know, you, you don't really want to see teams coming and, and dominating at Solihull. So, you know, the, the the further we can push Man City back, obviously the better. And, and if we can keep hold of the ball a little bit more than we did against Chelsea, I'm sure we can create chances for us. Let's hope so. And obviously, we want more shots on target than last week when we only got two. Yeah. Just have a have go. Have a pop, yeah. Is, yeah. So, predictions, Chris. I'm going to predict the score this week. I'm going to go optimistic. I'm going to go Birmingham 2-1. I went extra time and possibly penalties against Reading. So, I think I'll I'll go the same. I think we might be in for a long afternoon. Uh, and I'll go 1-1 after full time and Blues to win on penalties. You're, you're, you're really trying to put the um, stress on everyone, aren't you, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What a better way to do it. And that's all for this week's show. Thanks to Chris for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at A-W-C-A-I-B. And you can find me at Craig Hadley. That's with a double E at the end. And it's also thanks to Jazar for allowing us to use his song No Control in our intro and outro music. You've been listening to the Great Since 68 podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us so you can receive the show every single week as soon as it comes out. Just search for Great Since 68 on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and any other podcast platform you may use. If you prefer to listen through SoundCloud, be sure to give us a follow on there so you can get notified every single week when the episode is out. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Great Since 68. Thanks for listening, everyone, and remember, keep right on.